This is the Oanda Podcast. This is the Oanda Market Insights Podcast, talking to Oanda senior market analysts across the world. And today we're joined by Craig Earlham in London. Good afternoon, Craig. Good afternoon. It's been a dramatic day politically here in the UK with the news that the government has U-turned on plans to scrap the 45p rate of income tax for higher earners, one of the more controversial proposals in that mini-budget from last week. How did markets react to that news? Slightly positively, I'd say. The pound is trading a little bit higher. Uh, UK yields maybe slightly softened. Expectations now for the Bank of England at the start of November have dropped to 125 basis point hike. So that is from around 150 basis points late last week. At one point last week, it was 200 basis points. So just for perspective, that would mean an almost doubling of the base rate. So now it's 125. So that would take interest rates from 2.25% to 3.5%. It's seen as a first step, I'd say more so than anything. This became too politically problematic for the government pressure mounting the markets first the public and ultimately that compounded on to mps within their own party and clearly their voices were heard much more than everyone else's over the course of the last week and a half but the question is is it enough and the answer from the market's perspective is no this was a small part of a tax cutting package which was controversial not just from a political standpoint with the operator tax and bankers bonuses, but from a market's perspective because it's unfunded. Until we get details on how they actually plan to pay for these tax cuts, then the markets are going to be extremely uncertain and they're going to, the confidence within the markets and within the government uh, and credibility of the government is going to hang on how they go about doing this in a manner that's not going to be more damaging for the economy and isn't going to come at the cost of heavy borrowing. The government has determined to wait until the budget uh, in November, so that feels like a long time away at this point. This first U-turn, though, is a sign that things can be undone if the pressure mounts, potentially the first of a number of U-turns, perhaps, from the government as it looks to balance the budget, because it now knows that it has to balance the budget uh, next month, otherwise there is going to be turmoil in the markets. But surely the only way to balance the budget is to borrow. If the government is planning to balance the budget by borrowing, then you're going to see the ramifications in the markets. We're going to see inflation, we're going to see aggressive tightening, we're going to see higher yields, and we're going to see a weaker pound. That's the fact of the matter. That's the lesson we've learned over the course of the last week and a half. The way that the government has to balance the budget is either to, A, cut spending, which is going to be controversial because... As we saw during the austerity period in the 2010s, a lot of cost-cutting has already been done. There's always ways that money can be saved over time in the same way that there's always reforms that can be done. But this idea that there's enough low-hanging fruit in order to supplement this budget is an enormous ask uh, and an unrealistic one, ultimately. So there's either to cut spending, there is to borrow more, which is going to be extremely controversial, or there is to generate fresh revenues. They're not going to increase taxes. So the other thing that they could try and do is suggest that it's going to be repaid via higher growth. We've heard that comment come uh, over the course of the last week and a half from certain MPs. The problem is if it's not backed up by the OBR, it's going to fall on deaf ears. This time, at least, we will have a new set of forecasts from the independent OBR 
and then we'll have a much clearer idea of where we stand. Obviously, we should say forecasts aren't always and are frequently not completely accurate, but at least it's independent and it gives us a much better indication of how things stand. Ultimately, people, markets and MPs will make up their own judgment come November. The question is how volatile are markets going to be in the interim? Meanwhile, overnight, Craig, in the Far East, we saw some potential of another intervention from Japanese financial authorities over the yen. Yeah, just more warnings, really. But the thing that makes it interesting is the fact that the dollar yen is now trading above 145. It was close to 146 when they intervened a few weeks ago in the markets to the tune of just shy, I think, of 3 trillion yen. This was followed by a rate check by the Bank of Japan a couple of weeks prior to that, which came just shy of 145. And it was only, I think it was around 147 or 148 back in 1998 when the Ministry of Finance last intervened in the markets. While officials have been keen to stress there is no level at which interventions take place, this is not a Swiss national bank scenario from seven years ago when they were defending that 120 peg against the euro, that this is very much at the discretion of the uh, Ministry of Finance itself. Once we're now above 145, traders are obviously getting nervous that we've seen intervention here before. We've seen intervention here quite recently. Perhaps we are going to be in for another round of it again. So it's certainly one to watch in the markets. We've got an announcement from OPEC Plus on Wednesday and talking to you off air just now, you believe there's a chance that they will decide to cut production. So the rumours are they will discuss a production cut to the tune of around a million barrels a day, perhaps a little bit more. It was reported last week that Russia is pushing for a cut of a million barrels a day. That is an attempt to try and address the pricing in the markets, the volatility in the markets, but also uh, the new economic outlook or the new economic reality, should we say, uh, given uh, everything that we've now seen over the course of the last few weeks. It will be interesting to see what their economic forecasts look like to support any production cut of that kind. But it's quite clear that OPEC Plus does not have the time for oil trading at $80 a barrel, more towards $90 a barrel, maybe even $100 a barrel. The question is, how is the US going to respond to this? What power does it ultimately have to respond to this? And what, in what way is this actually going to help the global economy out of the slump that it now finds itself in? It is going to be interesting to see what it is that the alliance decides upon. But it's not just a decision. It's been announced this morning that OPEC Plus will hold a press conference after the meeting on the 5th of October. Now, I, I don't remember the last time I actually saw a press conference from OPEC Plus, uh, so it would suggest that a major announcement is expected to come from the meeting itself. I think that's therefore going to attract an awful lot of attention, whether that means we're talking about a substantial cut in production or, uh, again, it, it's all speculation at this point, but it, I think it's certainly going to be one to watch on Wednesday, one that could contribute to a lot of volatility in the energy markets. Okay, Craig, uh, it's been a dramatic few days, isn't it, here in the UK? But what should we expect over the next week to come on both sides of the Atlantic and in the Far East? I mean, it's been a dramatic few opening hours to the trading week, frankly. But yes, the uh, the week ahead is looking uh, quite busy again. Obviously, we've just touched on OPEC+. Plus. We've got rate meetings from the RBA and the RBNZ on Tuesday and Wednesday as well. But I think the key one uh, from a market's perspective is going to be that jobs report on Friday. What is the Fed going to do between now and the end of the year? Can it afford to take its foot off the brake from 75 basis point rate hikes to something a little bit lower and start to make its way towards the end of the tightening programme? 
The recent inflation data suggests not. We'll see what the jobs report has to say on the matter. If we combine the recent inflation data like we saw on Friday with another strong jobs report with low unemployment and lower participation, for example, then the pressure is going to ramp up and all of a sudden the talk might not be can we start to see these off the break. But could we even say 100 basis point rate hike from the Federal Reserve as well? That's what we've got to come this week and plenty more. So no doubt it's going to be another fascinating week in the markets. But the markets are betting on a 75 basis points increase from the Fed, are they? At this point, yes. But as as you say, a lot can change over time. And um, it will depend heavily on primarily, I think, the jobs report and the inflation data. But obviously, there's a lot of other indicators as well, which people pay a lot of close attention to, like the PMI surveys, which give us an indication not just of future business activity, but also building inflationary pressures, both on the input side and the output side as well. So yeah, 75 basis points is what is now priced in largely around 65% uh, at the time of recording. So not really seen as a complete banker, but an almost banker. That could easily change come Friday. Okay, Craig, we'll speak to you very soon. Thank you. This is the Oanda Podcast.